Hi guys, what's the crack? Hope you're all well. This is Finding Yourself, the podcast series dedicated to movie, TV, sports and gaming. I'm your host Kyle Duffy and in today's episode I have a good bit I want to get through so let's get into it. First off, I'm very happy to be doing this episode from my new podcast setup upstairs in my new home office. I'd mentioned in my previous episode that me and Leanne had wanted to do a few alterations in the house, move a few things around and this weekend, this past weekend, we actually did it. I got a few people in to help, my dad, her dad and my sister's boyfriend. We took Saturday and just got it done. I think it took us maybe two and a half hours in total. There was not a lot that needed to be done. It was just a few things that needed to be moved from room to room. We decided to move our treadmill downstairs into our spare room and use that room for our home gym because it has a really nice walk-in shower. And to be honest, we don't need the amount of spare rooms we have. It's very nice to have spare rooms, you know, for people to come over and visit, but we're not getting as many visitors as we, t- as we thought we would, and we don't want to have too many spare rooms just in case. It's dead space, you know, that kind of way. So we decided to convert that room into a home gym. We have the treadmill down there, and we're due to get an elliptical delivered to us, I think, tomorrow morning. So that's exciting. We're going to set that up when it comes. I think it's been delivered at like half nine tomorrow, so I'm going to have to be up early for that. But yeah, we got the treadmill moved downstairs, and with the elliptical in there as well, it'll make a great home gym. We have weights down there as well. I think I'm going to order a few weight mats and like gym mats for the floor so that we don't dent and scratch up the floor with the weights or with the machines down there. Really looking forward to getting the elliptical in so the room looks a bit more full at the moment all that's down there is the treadmill and the weights so it looks very bare at the moment but i'm really excited to convert that room into a proper home gym that i can be proud of i really need to get back working out at the moment i put it off for so long and i was really good there a while back but you know how things go you just get complacent you get used to having takeaways every other weekend and you get lazy not sticking to the food and Instead of going in and buying food in the shop, you just end up having a takeaway. And that's what I've been like for the past while. I've had no motivation to look at my food and my diet. But I always have motivation to get back working out. So if I start working out again, hopefully the diet will align with that as well. And I can get a bit more discipline, you know. And start drinking a lot more water as well. It's kind of crazy how little water I've been drinking lately. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to get back into all of that. So I'll keep you updated on how the home gym turns out. But yeah, so downstairs is the home gym. We moved the treadmill out of my man cave, which is your spare room upstairs. I have my PlayStation in here and my wardrobe for my all my socks and my underwear and stuff like that. But we moved our desk up here. We had a desk down in the spare room that was just holding a lot of junk and a lot of random shit, you know. So we moved it up here and I'm using... My den now is my home office slash podcast studio, which I'm really happy about. I have all my setup here now. I have my mics on the table, the computer and the charger and everything set up real nice. And I'm going to continue to add to this office space to make it more personalized, to make it more homey. I think Leanne wants to get me a few neon lights and neon signs for the podcast, which I'm really excited for. That's the crack with the home renovation or the home change up here. We are getting rid of one of our beds because we have three beds at the moment and we don't need them. I'm getting rid of my old bed that I had from my old apartment. And we were going to sell it online, but instead we're just going to give it to one of our friends who is moving house at the moment. Because, to be honest, if we sell it online, it's going to take ages for someone to come. And especially with COVID, you don't want to be inviting people into your home that you don't know and that isn't in your social circle. 
so we're getting rid of that bed soon enough the elliptical is coming tomorrow and yeah really happy with how, how everything turned out and like i said i'm really excited to personalize my work area like i said i want to get a few personalized things maybe some neon lights some decorations for my podcast setup and i'm just loving the way my home office now flows very naturally before just to give you a visualization before we kind of renovated and switched things around this room held a lot of junk as well like i said i have my playstation in here i have two big gaming chairs that took up a lot of space i had a dartboard i still do have a dartboard but a dartboard mat as well that took up a corner of the room and the treadmill obviously was a big space hogger as well it took up a lot of space in the room and you almost have to step over things to get in here and once you settled in an area like when i come in when i used to come in to my room here my man cave as i call it or my den when i used to come in i used to come in to play the playstation or go on the treadmill and if i sat down to play a playstation there wasn't a lot of room to kind of go over to the treadmill or it was very cramped is what i'm trying to say but with the new setup now the room is just a lot more spacious it flows more naturally and it has a set purpose you know having the treadmill in here really didn't make sense in hindsight because it wasn't a proper workout area it was more like a gaming area with a treadmill in there as well so it was really great to like look at those two rooms and repurpose them i'm sure you can all relate to having rooms in your house that are solely there taking up junk and to be honest that's what that spare room downstairs was for we would just throw shit in there when we were too lazy to put it away or didn't have any place to put it i remember over the weekend we cleared out a cupboard we had downstairs that was used for storage and the amount of old shit in there like old laptops i think i had an old ps3 console we had like plugs from different outlets and products that we never use anymore like leanne had loads of old hair straighteners and hair dryers i had loads of old shit in there too like old games old shoes old duvet covers and stuff like that it was just absolute chaos trying to get rid of all that junk you know when you clean your house or you clean an area you just feel so less chaotic in your mind and it was very cathartic cleaning all that crap out because you know you have a clean house you have a clean mind that kind of way and i always thought that way and i always think that way and having this area now be clean in my spare room or my work office it's just a load off my mind and i can't wait like i said just to keep on adding to my workspace and adding to my home gym and obviously i'll let you know how things end up looking in future episodes on to other things now i want to talk about a bit of sports for a while i want to get into the big news this week with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer getting the sack from man united i'm not gonna lie i saw this coming a mile off to be honest we should have sacked him after his loss against liverpool and i thought when that match came and went and we saw the result 5-0 i thought okay he has to be sacked but once it moved on i thought okay no they're going to keep him till the end of the season ride it out give him this one last chance this season to kind of right his wrongs but losing 4-1 to Wat- watford was the straw that broke the camel's back but to be honest the camel's back was already broken this was a straw that was you were beating a dead horse basically 
and it was humiliating to be honest losing 4-1 to Watford at Vicarage Road was absolutely bottom of the barrel for us and having the likes of the Gea, Pogba, Ronaldo, Sancho on that team and losing 4-1 to Watford is utterly unacceptable now I have to give my props to Watford and my respect to them they pulled off a very impressive win but we are frail as a team right now and I don't know what the answer is I don't know if another manager comes in and if we have the same problems I think I put up on Twitter there the last day after all he got the sack that he can't be to blame for all of it you know players at some stage have to take responsibility and certain players have you know De Gea came out after the Watford result and said you know it's unacceptable the players have to man up and take responsibility for what's going on the pitch as well and Harry Maguire has been kind of vocal as the captain but I don't know what the fucking crack is it's absolute anarchy it's like we have no game plan going for it at all it's like we're just arriving up on the day without any team plan or game plan at all and seeing what sticks we have Michael Carrick in as a caretaker manager Pochettino looks tempted to leave PSG for us I think he's always been kind of tempted by Man United ever since Mourinho got sacked by us and we wanted to go for him but we ended up going for a Skullshire after Mourinho left so it'd be interesting to see how Pochettino handles Man United and that role as our manager it'd be very exciting to get him it's either him or Eric Ten Hag and to be honest I don't know much about Eric Ten Hag but I was talking to my um, friend and my sister's boyfriend he's also my nice supporter and we were talking we have a little group chat on whatsapp and we're going through the possible replacements and he said he really fancies Eric Ten Hag for the job he thinks he'd do a great job as our manager let me know if you're a Man United fan who would you want in as our manager I know that Zidane has turned down the option to go there he said he's not tempted by the job but I think there's reports coming out that Potticino is interested and so is Eric Ten Hag but they are currently under contract with other clubs PSG and I think is it not Brucey Dortmund who is it PSV or somewhere like that let me know if it's PSG or PSV I think it's one or the other with their Eric Ten Hag let me know if you know up on Anchor FM but yeah I would love to know your opinions up on Anchor FM what do you make of the Oli Sacken? Was it too late or too soon? I know a lot of fans have come out and said they really wanted Oli to succeed at Man United and that would have been ideal. Any fan would love to see an ex-legend come in and just run away with success at the club. I think Chelsea would have loved to see that. Would have loved to see it with Frank Lampard. It wasn't meant to be. And I think as my United Spurs, we wanted the best for Skullshire at the club. Because he's, he's a lovely guy. He seems very nice, very down to earth and very warm as a character. And I think a lot of people felt so sorry for him in that exit interview. He laid all his cards on the table. He was very, he had all his emotions on his sleeve. And you could see how much the club meant to him, but also how much failing at the club meant to him. And he was almost in tears when he was talking about Michael Carrick taking over. Not because he was out of a job, but because he has a lot of respect for Michael Carrick. But I just think that would have been the ideal scenario. A club legend coming back and having overwhelming success. But like I mentioned in previous episodes, and I've talked about this before, just because you're a club legend as a player does not mean you're going to translate that success as a manager. We've seen it fail with Roy Keane. Thierry Henry is trying his hand at it. 
and I don't know if he's failing or succeeding at the moment. I'm not keeping up with AS Monaco. I don't, oh, is he still at it? I don't think he's at AS Monaco anymore. I think he's over in um, America. Let me know if you know where he is at the moment managing. But yeah, we've seen players retire and then come back into managing and not have overwhelming success. Skullshire is one of those managers who was a great player, but isn't a great manager isn't a isn't a world-class manager he's a good manager he's not just work he's just not world-class and i honestly thought he was never fit for that job it was way too much for him he would have been a great interim manager to steady the ship but i think we jumped the gun we saw how well he did in his first few games and his first season and he's been there three he was here for three years he was at man united for three years he did a great job at steadying the ship but I never saw us as challenging a team that could challenge under Skullshire. We never had the balls or the the wherewithal to do that under Skullshire. And I don't know if that reflects badly on the players or on Skullshire himself, but I just never saw him leading us to a final and securing a title. We had one chance to do it in the Europa League last year, I think it was, against Villarreal, and we totally bottled it. Now, again, players have to translate on the pitch and put in the performance and at times on paper we've looked great we always look great on paper on paper we look we look excellent we on paper we look like we should challenge for every season you know the likes of Varane Sancho Ronaldo Pogba Rashford all these players think Jesus Christ we should be winning every game and yet we can't string a couple of wins together and we're losing against teams we should not be losing against so I have no clue whether hiring a new manager and reshaping the club will take effect at all and work i think there ha- there is going to have to be a process of weaning out players who are bad for the club i still think there might be players in that dressing room that aren't good for the chemistry of the club and the philosophy there are players who want to be leaving and have voiced in the past i want to leave this club De Gea for one i know he's a club legend at this stage and he's probably not probably he is our best goalie but like should he should he have left already? He wanted to leave a couple of years ago to Madrid. It never materialized. Pogba, another one. Should he stay or should he go? I'd love to all, know all your opinions up on Anchor FM. Let me know where you think the club is heading and what would your ideal plan be for us to kind of get back on track? Do you have a certain manager in mind to kind of remold the club? Do you have certain players that you think should be sold to kind of counterbalance the creativity or harmony of the club do you have players that you want to bring in to counterbalance things as well i'd love to know your opinions up on anchor fm as for the results over the past weekend arsenal got hammered 4-0 by liverpool i think they liverpool i think are third at the moment it's chelsea top three are chelsea man city and liverpool and chelsea are only three points ahead of man city at the moment but they are looking consistent they had a 3-0 victory I think against Newcastle. I'm almost certain it was Newcastle. And Kante getting on the score sheet along with Rudiger. Rudiger had a great header in there. And yeah, Chelsea overall, I, I'm just impressed with this season. They've looked consistent under Tuchel. They've looked strong. They haven't wavered yet. And I'm still waiting for a really inconsistent performance from them. I'm going up on CRC this weekend to talk Premiership football. I can't wait to talk about that. We'll be previewing previewing the early games i think we're gonna are not previewing we're reviewing the early games um on the saturday morning i think one of those games are brentford and arsenal 
but I can't wait to talk about that. But yeah, I just think Chelsea are one of those teams that haven't wavered for me yet. Now, I don't know if they'll hold up against the big teams, but they're they're laying a good ground, a good foundation for consistency in that club. And Tuchel has really kind of shot with the stars with them. I was watching an interview with a couple of the Chelsea players and they were all asked the same question. Did you think you were going to win the Champions League? Was that re- a realistic goal for you? And I think they went to Kai Havertz and he said, of course not. We weren't looking at that. We were looking for qualifying for the Champions League next year. And c- to go on and win it was astounding and way out of our expectations you know so i think tuchel is the right manager for them obviously he's doing great things to that club and he's obviously making the fans happy with his style of play his ambitions and the consistency he's got with the players so far i just wanted to quickly correct myself i think i said chelsea were playing newcastle when in actuality they bet leicester 3-0 this past weekend I think Brennan Rodgers is kind of on a downward spiral with Leicester. They seem to be struggling at the moment. They're kind of being surpassed by the likes of Brentford at the moment on the table. Speaking of Brentford, it was actually Brentford who were playing Newcastle at the weekend. And that game ended 3 all. I'd love to know your opinion up on Anchor FM about Eddie Howe's manager. Do you think he's going to succeed at that club? Do you think that it will be a while before Newcastle actually see the benefit of having all that money? How long do you think it will be? before their Man City status? How long before the bigger world-class players actually decide to take the leap and go to Newcastle and help build that club back up again? Just to put it in context, Man City, when they got bought up and all that money injected into the club, one of the big players they went after and one of the first big players they got was Vincent Company. Who do you think would be the first big player that Newcastle get to kind of start this new era of using their money effectively to get in players who would revitalize that club and start building the philosophy of we have the money now let's go on and let's challenge let's change our style of football let's change the way we approach a game let's change our tactics and revitalize this club in a way that's going to bring trophies back to newcastle who do you think are the players who need to be brought into Newcastle to help achieve this. I'd love to know your opinions up on Anchor FM. In other results, we saw Steven Gerrard get his first win as a Premier League manager with Aston Villa. His first game, 2-0 against Brighton. A very promising start for Steven Gerrard. Obviously a big Liverpool legend, a big Premiership legend. And after a somewhat successful stint at Rangers, he's back in the Premiership as a manager. His first stint in the premiership as a manager obviously ideally fans would want to see him go back to his home club of liverpool and manage them but i think you know he's not ready for that maybe down the line a couple of years from now when he cemented himself as a relatively successful manager he might try his hand at it but newcastle not newcastle aston villa great place to start because they're on the rise as a club, really. They've shown that they have the balls and the resources to survive in the Premiership and thrive there as well. They've made some good, interesting signings after the departure of Jack Grealish. You know, Emi Bundia, Leon Bailey, players like that, who can come into good form if they kind of strike up a partnership and get something going. 2-0, especially keeping the clean sheet on a debut, it's very promising for Steven Gerrard. He's obviously going to want to push forward for big, bigger and better things at that club. He ha- he did say in his 
first press conference that he's aiming for European football. Obviously, this year it won't be achievable for him, but that's a long-term goal he's set for himself as manager at that club. And it's nice to see him setting long-term goals and not thinking in the short term. Obviously, short term, he wants to get out of the relegation zone and make sure that Aston Villa can survive comfortably in the Premiership this year. Seeing that it is his first season as manager, I don't think his ambitions are much more loftier than that. But it's great to see that he does have long-term ambitions, long-term goals of where he wants the team to be down the line. So he's obviously thinking a couple of years ahead, 10 years ahead maybe, and not the next three years. So who knows what the future holds. New exciting things are happening in the Premiership each day. Obviously, the biggest example being the takeover in Newcastle. We could see them become the next Man City. So who knows what the future holds for Aston Villa and Steven Gerrard. You know, he could very well go on to be the next Liverpool manager. I know that's probably one of his big ambitions as a manager to manage Liverpool after being a club legend there. But I think he's realistic with his aims. I don't think he's going to take on anything that he can't handle and he doesn't feel ready for. And I think Aston Villa is a great stepping stone for him as a Premier League manager. It's a challenge that he is going to be faced with, but we can only grow from challenges. We can't grow when everything is going our way. And this is a chance for him to grow as a manager, so who knows where it's going to take him. As always, I'd love to hear your opinion up on Anchor FM. If you want to leave me a message up there, let me know what you think of Steven Gerrard as Aston Villa manager. Do you have any expectations of Steven Gerrard at Aston Villa? What are you expecting him to achieve there? If you're an Aston Villa fan, I'd love to know your thoughts and your hopes around his reign at Aston Villa. Let me know your opinion up on Anchor FM. I want to talk a bit about movie and TV right now. On my last episode, I actually reviewed a show called Dexter. I hope you've all seen it and I hope you all love it. If you have seen it, let me know what your thoughts about the show are up on Anchor FM. But if you haven't, obviously take this as your sign to go and watch it. It's a great watch in my opinion. But I was actually in CRC today doing my segment on movie and TV. As you know from these episodes, I do segments each week on CRC, which is a local radio station in my town. I do a segment on movie and TV reviews. I do a review of a movie and a TV show each week on the Tuesday and Thursday. And I'm really loving it. I really love talking about movie and TV. Obviously on the podcast I talk a lot about it. And it's one of my big passions. And mixing it in with my career ambitions as a radio presenter. It just fills my week up and it's very productive for me. I feel on track doing it and it's one of the things I love doing. So whenever I'm actually in the radio station doing my segment, I love it. And it's it gives me energy, you know, it lights me up because it's one of my passions. And again, I hope you are all doing something that lights you up and gives you energy because you need that. You need something that adds to you. And I hope that you're in a job or that you have a hobby that you love that gives you that energy because everyone deserves that. But yeah, that's besides the point. I was in today doing my segment. I was talking about Dexter, but I was also talking about the new show. Or not the new show, but the new season of Dexter, Dexter New Blood. It's available to watch up on Now TV, I think. I watched the first episode last night because I wanted to get a taste of what it's about because I was going to talk about it a bit on today's segment. Definitely, I would definitely recommend watching it. I only watched the first episode, but if you've seen Dexter the first eight seasons and you liked them, 
I would definitely recommend watching Dexter New Blood. Just a bit of background to the show if you haven't seen it already. We cut to Dexter 10 years down the line. He's escaped his old life in Miami. He's changed his identity. He has cut off all ties from his old life. His family, his friends, his colleagues, everyone thinks that Dexter Morgan is dead. And essentially he is dead. He's living under a new alias and he's now living a life as his new alias Jim Lindsay in this Alaskan town where nobody knows his history as Dexter Morgan. No one can tie him to those crimes. And we see in that first episode the rigorous routine he keeps himself busy with to make sure he doesn't think about going back to his old life. To make sure he doesn't let that dark passenger take over again. But in that first episode, he faces a lot of challenges and his dark passenger kind of rears his ugly head to remind him that you can't run away forever. And that first episode hooks you in so well, I think. Like I mentioned, I talked about this on CRC in my segment today. Michael C. Hall, for me as an actor, just portrays Dexter Morgan so well. He has this ASMR quality to him. I loved that first episode. I could watch Michael C. Hall do that routine for the full season he just has this quality to him as an actor and he portrays dexter morgan so well and like i said when i reviewed this show in my last episode the opening to the episode for the full eight seasons before this it was asmr heaven because it was just dexter doing his regular morning routine making breakfast tying his shoelaces but they would hone in on the different sounds and it was asmr heaven but Again, like I said, Michael C. Hall does a great job in making this character relatable and realistic and also sympathetic. You sympathize for him because he's lost everything and you see him lose everything in the first eight seasons. And that's why you gravitate to him and like him as a character from the beginning of the show because you see, okay, he has something to lose. Like all of us, he has something to lose. And then you see him lose it and then... You stick with him because you're like, oh, we went through this journey together. We saw you lose your family. We saw you lose your sister. We saw you lose your sanity at some stage. So we're bonded to him as a character. And Michael C. Hall just brings that Dexter Morgan energy in that first episode so well. You can see he's kind of aged as a fine wine in terms of his eeriness and his coldness. There's not one scene in the first episode where I thought... Dexter Morgan is in trouble. He's always in control because he is so capable and no one knows it. But he knows what he's capable of and he has control over that dark passenger for most of the first episode. And you can see he's itching to pull the trigger on someone and you don't know who it's going to be and that makes the first episode so suspenseful. There is also a family element in this first episode. We see Dexter Morgan's son come looking for him, Harrison, who he left with his ex-girlfriend to get on a plane to escape when he was going to escape Miami. He was going to leave with him on the plane, but he chose to stay with his sister because his sister was on life support. But Harrison comes back to look for him. He's like 18 now, and Dexter is faced with the possibility of, oh, do I turn my son away or do I face up the responsibility of being a father and also having this dark passenger on my back how do i deal with that and he has to face some hard choices in the first episode the first episode is not very light you know you 
see his morning routine, you see his daily routine. But in between that, there is a lot of hard decisions for him as a character to make. Do I pull the trigger on something? Do I let the dark passenger take over? Or do I play it cool? Who do I trust? And he has a relationship in this show as well with a cop. So you know things are going to get messy at some stage. But the first episode for me of this show was lovely. This season, I'm so looking forward to it. I think there's 10 episodes overall. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But there's a couple of episodes to watch up on Now TV. If you haven't started watching them already, I highly recommend it. And if you haven't watched this show already, I highly recommend it. If you're living in Ireland like me, I don't know where you'd find the full show now. I think it used to be up on Netflix at some stage. I remember watching the full show up on Netflix at one stage anyway. I don't think it is up on Netflix anymore. I know that Dexter New Blood is up on Now TV, like I mentioned. It could be, the full show could be up on Now TV as well. Maybe try Amazon Prime if you're in Ireland. But if you're not, if you're in the US, I'm sure you'd find it up on some network, some streaming network like Netflix or Hulu or something like that. Or Peacock. Peacock is a new streaming service that has been launched recently. Maybe it's up there. But definitely give Dexter a go if you haven't already. It's a very entertaining watch. Like I mentioned, I previewed it. I I reviewed it on my segment in today's show on CRC. And I have nothing but good things to say about it. If you're a person who needs the ratings and you kind of go off the ratings of each show, it has an 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb and has a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes, if that makes any difference to you at all. But watch the show before you go off the rating judgment because sometimes a show can devalue over time or people tend to de-appreciate shows like this over time and the ratings online tend to fall. But 71% is pretty high again for a show that ended in 2013 and has only yet been revitalized in the past couple of weeks with a new season. So I definitely recommend giving a watch if you haven't already. I'm really looking forward to a few upcoming segments I have on CRC. I mentioned that I'm doing a sports segment as well on the sports show. I will be prepping myself to be a presenter on that show as well. So I was in this past week, I think it was last week, I was in sitting on the Monday show with Aiden to kind of observe and take note of what I would need to do and what I need to learn to be a presenter on there to work the controls and stuff like that. I think I mentioned in my last podcast episode that it wasn't as eerie, not eerie, but it wasn't as daunting or intimidating as I thought it would be. So I was very encouraged by that. But I'm really looking forward to my upcoming appearance on the sports show this weekend we're going to be talking premiership football as well as that i'm really looking forward to my christmas show specials i'll be talking about different kind of movies i'll be doing longer segments as well i'll have 40 minute segments instead of 20 minute segments so i can talk more and get more out of it to be honest because i'm looking to be as involved in radio as i can be and i am thinking about upping my time in the radio to three segments a week and doing the football every two weeks instead of every four weeks because the more time i get on radio the better i'll get and the more comfortable i get as well so practice makes perfect that kind of thing but as well as that i was kind of reflecting on how i felt today doing the segment i came home and even in the moment i thought this doesn't feel right i'm not getting the passion out of it i'm not getting the enjoyment out of it and i think it's because Last week, I wasn't on radio at all because they had to make up for lost time. They were doing a documentary and Aiden had to 
film a couple of interviews and record a couple of interviews so he didn't have a Tuesday or Thursday show last week and I didn't get to do my reviews last week and my segments so I think that build up of time that build up of time without being on the radio I think it was anticlimactic today and I just wanted more even though I talked about everything I wanted to talk about and it was a good show like it was I wasn't chatting shite and there was no bullshit in it I was talking about stuff that I'd prepared and I prepared thoroughly but I think because a week had passed and I wasn't on radio it felt like I didn't say enough and I didn't do enough even though I did like it was a good 20 22 minutes of a segment my segment normally comes at the end of his show so he wraps up with it so I'm on for maybe half five to six o'clock so it was a good segment like any other but I felt like I didn't get enough out of it because a week had passed and I was itching to get on radio and I felt like I could have talked for hours there and it may it may not have made any difference I could have felt that I didn't talk about enough but yeah it was just that's how I felt today I just wasn't fully happy with it but I was able to recognize why I wasn't fully happy with it too so I feel less bad about it now in hindsight knowing that that's why I felt that way because it didn't make any sense to me in the moment I was thinking why do I feel off I wasn't rushed and Aiden wasn't rushing me I got everything out that I wanted to talk about I covered all the topics I had in my notes why do I feel this way and I was only when I was having a conversation with my mom and Leanne that I was saying Oh yeah, I think it's because a week went by. I was supposed to do these segments last week. I planned for them for last week. A week went by and I think that's why I don't feel as good coming out of the radio station today. But I think that'll pass and it has passed. And I'm sure Thursday's segment will be much better. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Christmas shows. I have prepared 10 reviews and I'll be doing five in each show. And I'm going to do like an honourable mentions this at the end because there's a number, a countless number of Christmas movies to watch. And I just want to make sure that I mention enough so that people have a good list of movies to watch over the Christmas. As if I need to tell you what to watch over the Christmas. There's so many Christmas movies to watch. I'm sure everyone has their top 10 list of what they watch each year. One of the top 10 lists I watch is like I'll always watch Elf. I'll always watch maybe Miracle on 34th Street. As well as that, I'll watch The Grinch every year. Love that. Jim Carrey is so good in it. Do you know that he had to sit in that chair for six hours each morning? And he actually, just a fun fact, he actually hired a CIA operative who had undergone interrogation tactics as a course and trained operatives to withstand torture. He trained with that guy to make sure he kept his mental mind state great because sitting in that chair for six hours felt like torture to him but yeah he i think he almost quit as well because he didn't want to sit in the chair for that long because it felt like torture to him but anyway yeah a little fun fact about the grinch it was torture but yeah let me know your top 10 lists of christmas movies that you watch every year and let me know if you're excited for christmas obviously i'd say you all are um, it's one of my favourite holidays if not my favourite I think I even like Christmas more than my birthday I used to love my birthday more than anything else because it's all about me but I think I love Christmas now more than my birthday because I think when we get older we kind of devalue our birthday it's not as big a deal anymore and for me my birthday is not a big deal at all kind of like my birthday ends at 11.59 not even 12 o'clock whereas my sister's 
their birthday goes on for weeks. My older sister has a birth week and not a birthday, which is ridiculous, I think, but she knows well it's ridiculous, but she just does it anyway. But yeah, let me know if you're excited for Christmas. What movies are you planning on watching? Do you have a top 10 list? Let me know up on Anchor FM. As well as that, let me know, have you, have you done your Christmas shopping yet? I just finished my Christmas shopping today. And I mentioned to Aiden before we started on the radio today, I got the Christmas shopping done today. And he goes, oh, Jesus Christ, you're well ahead of the curve. And I just have to be, man. I fucking hate Christmas shopping. It stresses me the fuck out. I'm sure everyone is stressed out Christmas shopping, but fuck me, I hate it. So I just get it done as quick as possible. And I always WhatsApp the family. I'm like, what you want? I'm not going to play the fucking guessing game. No fucking way. I'm done with that shit. Just tell me what you want. I'll go and buy it. Done. And the worst is Leanne. Leanne never knows what she wants. I asked her there the last day, what you want for Christmas? I don't know. I was like, okay, great help. I just went up on ASOS and bought her like a bunch of shit. And I said the same to her, like, I don't know what I want either. I know I'm a bit of a hypocrite, but I don't know what I want. So just buy me whatever. I'll be happy with whatever you get me. But yeah, I've got the Christmas shopping done. Thank God. I need to get wrapping paper and present bags and stuff like that we are going to put up our christmas decorations tomorrow i know it's probably very early let me know what time like what date do you put up your christmas tree and your christmas decorations i think it's getting earlier and earlier each year we normally put up our decorations in the first week of december but we saw a couple of houses in our state had put up decorations and we're in the festive mood so we said we might as well do it because the tree is the most gut-wrenching part of putting it up and the tree let me know what kind of tree do you have like we got a tree that has the lights attached to them already because we almost broke up twice putting up the tree a couple of years ago because wrapping them around is just such a tedious job and we we had a tree that had like that not sparkles what are they called glitter you know the glitter at the end of the branches so it looked like snow but we had we have like hardwood floors and the glitter stuck to the hardwood floors and i was mopping up or not mopping up i was hoovering up after we'd put away the christmas tree that december and didn't the hoover break down it broke midway through the hoovering and i almost had a fucking brain hemorrhage i was like cursing everyone out and like no one in the house with me i was cursing like just like manic cursing i was like fuck this like there's so much glitter on the floor and i can't hoover it up so after that we got a new christmas tree that had the lights attached to it so all we literally have to do is take take it out of the box put it together put the branches out and it's done and it's put the tree uh, the christmas not christmas tree put the um the star up on top but yeah let me know what kind of christmas tree you have and um, let me know if you have your decorations up already or if you're going to put them up later on in december I'd love to know what you're doing for Christmas. Are you staying in the country? Are you going to try and get out while you can and go away for a holiday? Me, myself, personally, me and Leanne, we're, I think we're going to travel next year if we can to America and stay with her relatives and just experience America. I've never been to America. She has. And we both have relatives over there. Well, she has family friends over there and I have relatives. So we definitely have places to stay, which is great. And she's been to... Not where am i thinking she's been to disneyland several times i've never been and she wants to experience that with me and i want to experience it too um so i think that's one of the things we have on our bucket list for next year if we're able to with the way the cases are going though it's going to be fucking 
hit or miss. Cases are so high. I think today they were like four and a half thousand again. Let me know where you're living and if the cases have calmed down. Obviously, they're really bad all over the world. But in Ireland, we're, we can't go into lockdown again. I know this is a big tangent, but we can't go into lockdown again. I just don't know what we'll achieve by that. Because if we go back into lockdown, tensions are going to boil up again. And if we open up the, if we go into lockdown after Christmas and go into lockdown for a couple of months, people are just going to get riled up, riled up, riled up. And once we open up again, it's going to be the same thing over and over again. We need to learn to live with these restrictions and make sure that we adhere by the guidelines. Big thing, the pubs, the nightclubs. No one's going to give a fuck once they're in a nightclub to put on their mask or a pub. They're not going to give a flying fuck. I mentioned I was up in Dublin and once people got a few drinks in them, the masks weren't a thing. So, like, you don't, you wouldn't expect people who were, like, pissed to care about putting a mask on to go to the toilet. No one's going to listen to you. So, I don't know what you do there. Do you, like, keep the pubs closed for a while until people actually cop on? Do you, what can you do, you know? Let me know what part of the country you're living in or what part of the world you're living in and how the restrictions have affected you and obviously your mental health um i think my mental health thank god it's on the way up like during the lockdown there was bad and uh, but since i've kind of like redirected my focus in terms of my career that's really helped me a lot but yeah let me know what you're at for christmas are you going away if you can are you going to just chill out with your family let me know up on anchor fm before i forget actually speaking of christmas and christmas movies I would really recommend watching Krampus this Christmas if you haven't already. It's something different to watch. It's a horror movie based around a family who are hosting their cousins who they hate. And the young boy in it wishes that his family would disappear. And instead of his family actually disappearing, he summons Krampus, which is the opposite of Santa Claus. Krampus is a folklore tale and figure from German fairy tales he is summoned to punish families so they can appreciate what they have but this movie is so good i really enjoyed it and it has a good few actors in it tony collette is in it if you know her from hereditary she's a very talented actress also adam scott from parks and rec and stepbrothers he's also in this as well as david kuchner from the anchorman series Great cast in this, and it is a different kind of watch for Christmas. It's not a traditional Christmas movie, obviously, because it's a horror movie, but if you're tired of the same repeated cycle of watching The Grinch, or Elf, or Miracle on 34th Street, or whatever you watch every year, if you want to switch it up, watch Krampus. I definitely recommend it. It's scary, but it's not too scary. You're not, like, leaving the room every two minutes because you don't want to watch it because it's too scary it's entertaining but it's scary at the same time i definitely recommend watching it if you haven't already krampus it's up on netflix i watched it up on netflix anyway it should be up on netflix to view if you're in ireland if you aren't i'm sure you can find it up on netflix anyway if you're in america or in england before i move on with this episode i want to say that i hope you all got a lot out of my last episode talking a bit more about my life i really enjoyed sharing and opening up on the podcast about that kind of stuff and i do want to talk more about it so again if you have any questions up on anchor fm or if you want to share any stories 
please don't hesitate to send me a voice message up there or contact me on Twitter, uh, Kyle T. Duffy on Twitter as well. Um, but yeah, I'd love to know your stories and all that kind of stuff. And I will continue to share more about myself and share more about my lifestyle and stuff like that. And, you know, growing up with a disability and challenges I've faced. Let me know if you want to hear more of that. I don't want to overshare or talk a bunch of shite when you don't want to hear it. But, um, yeah, it's one thing that I'm really interested in is advocacy for people with disabilities. And it's why I got into social care to begin with. And again, even though I changed careers to radio, it doesn't mean that I've stopped pursuing being an advocate for people with disabilities. Because you can be an advocate even if it isn't your job title, you know. And I would love to hear any of your stories, if you have any. I'd love to hear them up on Anchor FM. So again, don't hesitate to send me a message up there. I'll always have the links attached to my episode so you can share your thoughts, your feelings, your opinions, whatever. But I hope you all enjoyed and got something from that episode. I know I did. It was very cathartic and nice to open up about that side of my life because I do share it with my family and my friends. They know about it, but I don't share the extent of it with strangers and I do want to get into public speaking. I do kind of aim to share my stories publicly and public speaking is something that I am pursuing or want to pursue down the line. I am trying to edge out and mold out a way to do this. I don't know if I want to go and talk to schools or talk to you know, conferences of people or what, but I am trying to pursue that as well as a, not a career, but as a, occupation i suppose maybe as a career as well as radio but again like who knows down the line i might have my own radio show and i probably will share my stories up there as well but yeah again i'm rambling now again i'd love to know if you found that episode helpful i would love to share more of my stories like i said if that's something that you want to hear i don't mind at all and like i said i don't mind questions either up on anchor fm to finish up today's episode i want to give a review of a movie and a tv show both of which i think you should check out the movie being ordinary love i watched up on netflix i'm going to review it on thursday's show on crc starring liam neeson it's from 2019 and it's basically an older couple find out that the wife has breast cancer the whole movie takes place over the course of a year from Christmas to Christmas and it's about this couple just gritting their teeth and fighting through cancer. Obviously the woman is an older woman and is facing the possibility of she could die very easily from this breast cancer but they are told that there's a chance for chemo and an operation and different kind of things kind of ease the transition of fighting this disease and this movie for me was perfect in a way because it displayed ordinary couples and again ordinary love so perfectly this couple are living the latter part of their years together they are in a routine they know each other very well they do the same thing every week every day with each other and they're happy with it they're happy with this routine but the cancer throws a spanner in the works and they have to deal with that on top of making sure that they are there for each other and the 
husband in the situation played by Liam Neeson Liam Neeson does a great job of playing the older kind of like Irish dad slash husband who doesn't want to say how much he's freaking out or how much he's panicking about his wife having cancer he see he feels he needs to be strong there's a there's actually a scene where he's talking to a friend and he says i can't tell her how terrified i am that's not my job my job is to be strong my job is to be a rock for her and make sure that she has everything she needs i don't get to be sad about this and he's trying to be the best partner he can be but he's like torn up inside because someone he loves the one person he loves more than anyone else is going through this and all he can do is just be there for her he can't take the cancer away he can't fight this battle for her he just needs to encourage her except the way and he does a great job of playing that role to perfection i just thought Liam neeson was great in this movie and in my opinion ordinary love as a movie is kind of overlooked i didn't hear much about it in terms of promotion i saw one trailer for it until i came across it on the new and popular list up on netflix and decided to give it a watch and once i watched it i loved it because it just portrays normal couples and normal life very well just to contrast and compare if you watched any american made movie about someone going through cancer they show you the worst possible scenarios that could happen the drama is always heightened because they think okay cancer is a big deal we need to show the worst of it and we need to show the person reach their limits and break down and go through all this emotional wreckage to get out on the other side whereas and i i've no experience with cancer i'm not coming from a place of experience but i'm coming from a place of i've been to hospitals a lot i like i mentioned i've been to rehab a lot i've had to work my way out of a wheelchair i've had to learn to walk again and not everyone's journey is the same and what i mean by that is okay with the cancer stuff the americans decide to dramatize everything and just show you the worst of worst that could happen and the best of best that could happen whereas this is an irish i think it's an irish main movie i think and if not it's from an irish and english perspective liam neeson plays an irish guy in it obviously and the wife is english but it's from an irish cultural perspective of dealing with cancer and most people they just grit their teeth and they get on with it because what's the alternative i know that's what i did now with cancer obviously i don't have like i said i don't have any experience with cancer but with my injury with rehab that's what i did because the alternative is giving up and no one goes straight to giving up it was interesting to see how they dealt with the villain of cancer cancer in itself in these kind of movies almost portrays a character and in this they don't have loads of scenes where like she's getting to fights with him there's one scene where they have a big fight and they kind of go at each other and they break down and they cry and then they make up but for most of the movie it's just them kind of gritting their teeth and getting through it and it shows you the realistic journey in my opinion again like i said all i'm trying to take from this not take from it but the way i'm trying to relate to, to this is the journeys i've gone through in terms of hospitalization and rehab and stuff like that you grit your teeth and get on with it and that's what these characters do in this movie that's what the woman does that's what the man does 
That's what their characters do. They grit their teeth. They they get they get on with it because they want to. She wants to live. She wants to fight, and their love kind of builds them up in a way. But yeah, this movie, in my opinion, portrays the realistic journeys that people go through with illnesses, including cancer, including all different kinds of illnesses. You could adapt this to anything. You could have it be about MS. You could have it be about, you know, people who are amputees. This movie works in so many contexts. But yeah, I would definitely recommend Ordinary Love up on Netflix to watch if you haven't already. And if you have seen this movie, let me know what you think of it up on Anchor FM. But yeah, I was just trying to adapt it. Not adapt it, but in terms of like relating to it, gritting your teeth and getting on with it that is a very Irish thing to do because, you know, what's the fucking alternative? Ask all these questions that you know the answers to and the only answer people really want to know is is there a way to get better or can I survive this? And if the answer is yeah, you do whatever you can to do that. I know when I went through the accident and the options were put in front of me, you know, you can do this, get out of the wheelchair. I'll do that. Do you want to be able to walk properly? Yeah. Within rehab. Okay, great. I'll do that. Physiotherapy once a week. Sound. Physiotherapy twice a week. Grant. I'll do whatever I need to do because I want to live a life that's worth living. And I know a lot of people probably have gone through the same thing. So that's what I was trying to relate it to my own life in a way that I could understand it and explain it. But yeah, I would definitely recommend Ordinary Love up on Netflix. The show currently has 93% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb. So pretty high ratings for a movie that has been out for the last two years. The one thing I would say is if you're a fan of very fast-paced movies with a lot happening, a lot being thrown at you, this is not the movie for, for you. Um, this movie, it's not a slow-paced movie, but it flows. Everything flows together very well, but it's a very ordinary movie in terms of like people are doing ordinary things. Nothing is heightened. The drama is not heightened, you know, it's a regular story of someone who is going through cancer and trying to keep their relationship together as they go through it. So if you're a fan of those kind of movies, I would definitely recommend Ordinary Love for you. The other show I want to talk about and review is Hannibal. Hannibal, obviously, is a TV series based on the origin stories of Hannibal Lecter, who was once played by the way Anthony Hopkins in Science of the Lambs and that movie series. In this TV series, it's played by Mads Mikkelsen and he fucking kills this role. I loved this TV series when I was watching it. There's three seasons. I'm pretty sure it's up on Netflix to view if you're in Ireland and I don't know if you're in America or in England, I don't know where you find it. Maybe up on Netflix too. And I just loved this show. It was so good. It focuses around the relationship between Will Graham and Hannibal Lecter and the kind of bromance, if you will, they have in this show. And Hannibal is obviously a serial killer, but he's also a psychologist. And the background to his character, he was a psychologist before he was caught and he was actually helping the FBI catch serial killers. The oh yeah, I'm just seeing where it's available here. It's available up on Amazon Prime to watch right now, all seasons I'm pretty sure, and it has an 8.5 out of 10 on IMDb and 92% around 92% around Tomatoes. 
and when did it stop it actually finished up in 2015 in terms of the cast they were great Hugh Dancy as Will Graham was so good Mads Mikkelsen loved this guy such a good actor Lawrence Fishburne was a fucking boss in this he was so good he gave such an intense performance and the cinematography in this is amazing and Hannibal Lecter as a character in this he does there's a lot of cooking scenes and Mads Mikkelsen actually learned to cook all these dishes himself and cooked on set so all the scenes where he's cooking he's actually cooking which is amazing but yeah again Hannibal as a show definitely recommend it again 92% of the run tomatoes it is a fast pace fast moving show plenty of action plenty of great monologue scenes and intense scenes the relationships in the show are amazing and the writing in my opinion is top notch so up on amazon prime to watch right now three seasons if you haven't already watched it give it a watch hannibal this is where i'm going to end today's episode i hope you all enjoyed it again my podcast finding yourself is always available to listen to up on spotify and anchor fm i also have a youtube channel the finding yourself podcast where i post up highlight reels and clips of each episode this has been finding yourself with kyle duffy thanks for listening